0: And welcome back. This is Soul Dancer, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth. And we're in show number two. That's going to tackle the nasty issue of office politics. Over the past couple of decades, companies have hired me to come in and take care of some pretty gnarly office politics situations. So today's show, we're going to look at how you can pick your battles carefully. If you missed show number one. It is very important that you go ahead and listen to show number one, First Steps, because much of the information you're going to find on this show will not make sense if you do not listen to show number one. So be sure to do that. In today's show, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes looking at how you can choose whether or not you're going to step into a leadership role when it comes to dissolving office politics and more often than not by following the steps the the three-part step that we're going to talk about today you can make a wise decision before you decide to put on that hat and it's very important that once you put on that hat to take on a leadership role you're prepared for it in many different ways so get a pad of paper pencil out all right step one choosing your battles carefully The first thing that's absolutely critical for you to be aware of are what are your talents when it comes to taking this leadership role? What do you bring to the table to be a leader or one of the leaders to take the leadership role? If you don't do this heart searching, soul searching, before you make this decision, it would be very easy to jump into a very deep pond and possibly drown And that's not what we want to have happen. So for today's show, I would like to start introducing two concepts that are very powerful. You can Google these terms anytime and read all sorts about it. It, uh, There's some very good resources out on Wikipedia. First term that you should Google is brainstorming. One word, brainstorming. It might ask you to break it up into two, but sometimes it's one, brainstorming. And the second word, mind mapping. Mind, as in your mind, M-I-N-D, mapping. Those two powerful tools will help you begin to see just how robust your skills actually are. So let's do some definitions first. Brainstorming. First off, one of the key items to brainstorming is set a time limit when you start brainstorming. And brainstorming is basically making a big, long list of something, a big, long list of something that has absolutely no barriers to it, meaning there's, there's nothing that you should weed out of your list. Don't analyze while you brainstorm, and that's why you, do, you set your clock for maybe five minutes or something like that. And so for this brainstorming exercise, your skills, brainstorm rapidly. What are your skills? Just boom, 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 boom. Don't even think about it. Just write them down. There's nothing too silly. There's nothing too far-fetched that belongs on a brainstorming, an initial brainstorming list. And the reason why I say that is something absolutely fantastically nonsensical silly that you write down on your list might lead you to think about something else that is more useful. So when you're writing your list of of skills, you might write down a list that you can uh, walk a fly on the moon. Now, that makes no sense, but it might trigger something else that you have a skill for, and you'll write that down on your list. So brainstorming, number one, set a time limit so that you are under a false sense of pressure. Just boom, 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 rapid fire. If you freeze up, just write nonsense, write gibberish. Write, write pictures. Whatever it is, just start writing, and you'll find that the thoughts will begin to flow. So brainstorming is the art of creating a list rapidly, and then we'll begin to reduce that list down on step two. Once you have your list in hand, then it is time to start reducing your skills. Start, re- start looking at your skills. What are your strongest skills that came from your brainstorming list? Circle them. Maybe even prioritize them. Are you more of a communicator and less of an organizer? Are you more of a back office person versus front office, meaning you like taking notes, but you don't necessarily like leading a meeting? That sort of thing. What are your skills? What do you, your skills should also be something you really love doing. Now, as you get your list of skills together, Based on your work in step one of finding out what this issue is all about, and remember, go back and listen to that show if you missed it, start looking at what those skills you bring to the table and start looking at mapping them to making a resolution to the issue that you want to take leadership of. Which leads us to step number two of three in today's show. After you've gotten your skills, laid out and somewhat mapped how your skills can be applied toward helping a resolution happen within an office politics session. The number two step in this is find out what skills you need. (laughs) It's like, you know you have certain skills, but you know you lack certain skills. Now it's time to make a list of skills that you think you're going to need or the team will need to solve the issue. And if you don't, Start doing some of this gap analysis. You could get blindsided. Something could come out of nowhere as you go and try to resolve this particular issue. So by having a really strong sense of what skills you need, you can go out and start shopping for them. Based on your work that you did out of show number one, The Last Step, and I'm being vague here because if you missed the show, you need to go back and listen to it – You should be able to know where to find those skills. So if you're missing some set of skills to resolve an issue, and those skills can be found in other people who are involved in this issue, start drawing them in. Start mapping those skills. Again, just start looking at how you can start resolving this issue. We can kind of rephrase this. Let's put a kind of a a visualization to this. Let's say... You need to paint a room. Now, obviously, an office politic issue could be around what color the room is going to be, why it should be painted, why it should not be painted, blah, blah, blah. But in essence, the issue at hand, let's make this concrete. The issue at hand is you need to paint a room. It's time for this room to get repainted. And as you research your skills, you recognize you're pretty good at getting things ready. You're good at moving the furniture out. You're good at covering things up. You're good at taping things off. You might be good at even doing some of the, the, the pre-prep construction, like taking nails out of the walls and things like that. But as you look at your skills, you find that you're not really all that skilled at filling in the holes or, or prepping things or getting things ready to be actually painted. And so you need to go out and find people who are able to do that. And as you look at your skills, maybe you're not all the best painter, You recognize, well, you might be able to put a roller on the wall, but it doesn't always look that great. So you might need to go out and find somebody who can really do a good job at painting. Same situation here. Find out what you need and who you need to have involved in this. And be gentle in the process. Remember to use the first step in show number one. I'll give you a little hint. That was be an explorer. Step one, what skills do you have? Step two, what skills do you not have as you decide whether or not you're going to pick this battle, the fight? Step three is to begin to pool it all together. Begin to slowly begin slowly, and I do mean slowly. And the reason for that is because some people might think they have a particular skill, and then they find out they don't have it. So you may have to go back and find that skill. You may need more people involved who have more authority to help resolve the issue. You might need to help them get buy-in, a technical term, buy-in to the issue. That's what I'm very good at when people hire me, helping people understand how they personally need to be involved in this issue and need to be involved in it in a way that it's positively resolved. So let's walk through in the remaining 15 minutes of this show. I'm going to give you a specific, guided, step-by-step process on how you might decide to step into a leadership role in resolving an issue. Or you might decide not to. (laughs) The issue at hand is you have someone who is an office gossip. This person absolutely chit-chats all day long, spreading all sorts of information around. It's pretty much known in the office that this person absolutely cannot be trusted with anything that would be private or confidential. This person has gotten to be known as someone who just cannot keep their mouth shut. And even worse is they have to consume a lot of your time by talking about this drama and that drama and all sorts of other stuff. And it just makes the office, it makes you doing your job very difficult. You want to be friendly to this person. This person overall is a nice person. They have good intentions. You can tell deep, deep down inside. But for all practical purposes, this gossip is just creating a, a, a drain on your time and drain on your attention. So as you assess this issue, the issue is this person is a gossip. Now following the steps on deciding on whether or not you have the skills to be able to tackle this issue. The first question I would have you ponder is, are you a gossip too? (laughs) Now, be gentle here, and unfortunately, more often than not, when people are truly, truly honest with answering this question, the answer is yes. They may actually be part of the actual problem. If you're a gossip, too, and you want to tackle the issue of someone being a gossip, I would, <laughs> I would highly hope that you really look at the fact that your skill in being a person who gossips could be advantageous because you speak from a knowing place. Now, let's say you decide your answer is no. You really honestly don't gossip within the office. The next thing I would have you look at is your skill of observation versus judgment. Observation versus judgment. How good of an observer are you? Can you be a reporter versus jury, judge and jury? And what I mean by that is when a reporter is looking at a situation, when they're recording the situation, 9 out of 10, they're simply recording the facts. The facts only. They are not weaving in their own personal feelings about what they're observing. A reporter could be looking at this gossip and just reporting the fact that this, this person has gone around throughout the day. They've spent this much time. They've talked to this many people. They've observed people laughing or shunning or doing certain, uh, having certain reactions to the gossip. They would simply record the facts, something you'd kind of read in a standard newspaper article nowhere in the observer's record or observation would that observer say you know uh, the, the gossip was talking to Mary and god what how silly both Mary and this gossip looked as soon as you start weaving in your own personal feelings your own personal bias you now become the judge and jury and you lose your observation hat so When you're assessing your skills as to whether or not you're going to take on an issue, begin to assess how much of an observer are you and how much of a judge and jury are you. If this particular issue of gossip, per se, is one that's a little too close to home for you, you might not be an effective observer. It's kind of like you might get Velcro. Do you know with Velcro, it takes two sides. One side snatches onto the other side. If you put the two same sides of Velcro together, they don't. They don't do anything. They don't stick. It's kind of like magnets. When you put a positive end and a negative end together, they attract each other. You put two negative ends or two positive ends together, and they repel each other. So just be aware of how much you're attracted or, um, op- or repelled by an issue as you look at your ob- objectivity skills. So the first thing you look at when it comes to finding out your skills is how close are you to the issue? In this case, we're talking about the office politic of gossiping. If you're a gossiper yourself, it may be a skill you can use. We'll look at that by determining whether or not you can be observational or not. If you cannot be observational, I would highly suggest that you step away from being the leadership of resolving an office politic known as gossiping. You need to bring in someone who can be more objective, a little more detached. Another skill to look at as you're assessing whether or not you want to step into a leadership role and taking on a a particular issue that's an office politic issue, this time around we're giving the example of a gossip, is look at what would happen if you got what you wanted. What would happen if you got what you wanted? Maybe you want this person to stop being a chit-chat person and gossip with just maybe you. You don't care if she talks or he talks to someone else. You just don't want this person talking with you. At that point, I would say there's really not much of an office politic issue here. It's a personal issue. And that's really part of looking at your skills. Is this bigger than you? Or is it just about you? And when you look at your skills is how do you take what this boils down to as you assess your skills is how personally do you take things? When somebody gives you a compliment or a criticism, what do you feel when somebody gives you a, especially when they give you a criticism, do you have the skill to be mindful enough? to just observe their criticism, not necessarily take it personally. (laughs) There's a really excellent book out there called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I highly encourage you to take a look at that book. In fact, I'll add it to the books found here for this show. You can click on it and have it downloaded in no time, I think. So, step one today, we looked at how you can begin to decide on whether or not you're going to take on an issue by looking at how to decide where you're going to begin by looking at your skills. Then we looked at what skills are you going to need, and then you fill in the blanks by using mind mapping and brainstorming. So in a nutshell, we're halfway through this process of office office politics gossiping stuff. So let's say you decide, yes, you can be an observer. You're not necessarily going to be a judge and jury. Yes, you can just go ahead and take notes and kind of report the facts and deduce them down. Yes, you can be someone who is not going to get caught up in the larger picture, and you've deduced that gossiping is a larger picture. It's not just something you're troubled with. It's the entire office is troubled with this. Now, as you begin to do your mind mapping... Let me give you an example of mind mapping so that you could possibly do this on a big sheet of paper yourself. The best way to do this is to grab a big sheet of paper, not just a teeny tiny little piece of paper, a big sheet of paper. And the reason why I say that is because it helps you think big, think and get the big picture in mind. So the backside of some wrapping paper that you can't stand anymore is really perfect for this, on top of which I would highly suggest you use crayons to do this. I know it sounds kind of kiddish to do that, but crayons don't bleed through the paper, and they're kind of fun to play with. So in the middle of a really large sheet of paper, draw a circle, and in the middle of the circle, since we're using the the example of gossip, write the word gossip in there. Draw a circle, write the word gossip in there. Now, start drawing other circles that are impacted by this gossip. Maybe you put other circles where it's people's names are in there. It impacts those people. Or you put projects, or you put some sort of uh, daily to-do that needs to get done, some task that needs to get done. How does gossiping impact all these different people, tasks, these resources? Start making those circles out there. And as you begin to draw these different circles... Begin to connect them to gossip in the form of what are you going to need in the way of skills to diminish how gossip impacts that person, that task, that resource. So, for example, you have gossip in the middle and then you have the, uh, your name in another circle out there and you draw a line between them. What type of skills are you going to need to diminish the gossip between you and the primary person. Are you going to be able to have better communication skills? Are you going to need better objectivity skills? Maybe compassion skills. Are you going to need to bring other people into this process? Are you going to need to have someone else approach this person with you and sit down and talk with them? Begin to start putting in the resources, mapping out the resources you're going to need to resolve that issue, that's mind mapping. You begin to draw upon your list of skills and then you start putting them down between each item. And they're going to change between each person, each task. So, with the office gossip issue, you're going to find that 9 out of 10, you need to approach this very compassionately because you're involved with someone's feelings. More often than not, someone who is an office gossip. Well, that's how they see themselves. They see themselves as a communicator. They may sense uh, some type of power, or they may sense some type of control out of being an office gossip. And so with the notion of mapping out the skills you need, you might be wise in putting in some compassion skills there. As you get to a point here, just, all of this is meant for you to just ponder, am I, the one to take the leadership role in dissolving this particular office politic. Based on what you heard in show number one, and now what you've heard in show number two, I'm giving you the ingredients to a recipe to determine whether or not you personally will be one of or the leader to dissolve a particular office politic. Based on what you see in those ingredients, You're going to know far better whether or not you indeed want to take that leadership role. In our upcoming show, show number three, we're going to make the assumption that you indeed have decided you're going to be part of the leadership in helping to dissolve a particular office politic issue. So by concluding this show, we're going to look at the notion that you're going to stand up You're going to raise your hand and you're going to say, hey, based on what I've observed, based on the information I've gathered, based on the people I've talked to, based on the team that I'm kind of slowly assembling, based on the team's feedback, after talking with them all and getting a sense of what they think about this issue and whether or not I'm capable of leading the cause or championing the cause of dissolving this issue, I've I've decided I'm I'm going to do this. And once again, I'm going to have you revisit the last couple of minutes of what we talked about on show number one. I'm going to remind you what that is because it's very important here. Once you make that decision that, yes, you're going to be the leader or you're going to be part of the leadership, be comfortable with the decision. I cannot stress that enough. Be at peace with the decision. And what I mean by that is you've made the decision to be a leader. You have not made the decision to be a leader to have a particular outcome. You don't know what that outcome is going to be yet. (laughs) You haven't started the process. If you have the notion that you will successfully resolve a particular issue, you've already shot yourself in the foot. And what I mean by that is if you have a particular outcome in mind and how you're going to get there to do it before you even start, it can it can build tunnel vision. You have a sense of it's my way or the highway. And that's only going to make the office politic issue worse. I've seen it happen more often than not. So. In this situation, I would highly recommend that once you make the commitment to be a leader, you've made a commitment to be a leader for a process that you are not sure how it's going to unfold. And by keeping that openness, that's the key, openness, by keeping that openness, you can allow for all sorts of magic to happen. And how that happens is, Let's face it, if you sense someone else has an ulterior motive, if you sense someone else has a hidden agenda, if you sense someone has the need to be you know another power and control freak, you intuitively are going to not be a really good player. Come on, fess up. We can tell that just intuitively. Conversely, if you sense someone really is trying to help, you do see that they are genuinely trying to be the best person they can be. They're being honest. They're being genuine. Yes, they have a particular outcome they'd like to see happen, but as far as they're concerned, no matter how it happens, in this particular case, we're talking about an office gossip. They don't necessarily know how this office gossiping is going to end, but they just know that office gossiping in general needs to end. If you approach it from that open end as a leader, you invite everyone else's talents, wisdom, gifts into the process openly. And things can get resolved very rapidly that way. If it's an open-door feeling, things can get resolved very, very quickly. But if a leader steps up to a plate to resolve an issue, and it's pretty much known that this leader is going to resolve the issue in a particular way, and that way really isn't <laughs> tasty to everybody else, well, guess what? You probably just added more to the office politic waters. You filled the pool even more for people to swim in yet even more office politic. So by having an open attitude... It's established by being comfortable with your decision to step up to the plate to be a leader or one of the leadership. Now, the leadership team has to be clear that they're open to everyone's talents to resolving the office politic issue. It's a collaborative process here, absolutely collaborative. It cannot be someone superior mandating that this will stop. The reason why I say that is if some senior vice president or president or somebody in, you know, major league control says, "Look, stop it. You're not going to do that anymore." All that's going to do is it's going to push it further underground. People are going to get more creative on how they gossip. People are going to get more creative whatever the topic is if they're commanded to stop it. That happens every single time. I've seen it happen every single time. While it's nice to have firm control, it, it's the other to try and squash something. More often than not, when things are tried to be squished, it just comes back in another form. (laughs) In our next show, tomorrow, you will find out step number three, how to step into that leadership role of resolving an issue by feeling absolutely comfortable on stepping into that leadership role. So I look forward to hearing your comments. Be sure to leave some comments in the comment box below. Feel free to share this recording with anybody you'd like. Let's get these people on board and let's stop the desert, dreaded disease of office politics. You're listening to Sold Answer, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth. Be sure to check out PayMeWhatImWorth.com. Or feel free to give me a call at 312-268-0000. Again, that's 312-268-all-zeros. We'll spend a few minutes exploring what you need. I also look forward to seeing your comments in the comment box below the show. Until tomorrow, aloha.